one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome again, everybody, to another show. Big Dave and Joe in our uh, luxurious studios here in Pembroke Pines as we bring you another edition of Poker Action Line. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about as usual, including the World Series of Poker Europe. We'll get to some of those results as well as uh, Chris Ferguson back in the lead for Player of the Year. Uh, really curious to find out how he's going to react to that. Uh, of course, everyone's going to be unhappy, and there'll be a lot of. Yeah, he's going to react. He's going to be happy well, as hell. Because <laughs> of course he'll be happy, or... but will he do interviews? Will he, or he, will he just turn and thumb his nose at the press and say, "Listen, you guys ripped me for for three years." I'm, I'm if not he's, talking to anybody. If he's smart, he'll take those interviews, yeah, Dave. You so know, too. because yeah. he knows he's got to repair. You know, if, if going forward, if he doesn't want to continue to get this hostility and all of this negative feedback, he's going to have to start doing something. Uh, you know, maybe make a big donation to charity with one of his winnings or do something along those lines, even though it won't make the people who think they've been ripped off by him whole. At least he'll start changing some views as to, you know, whatever. Maybe he didn't know all, you know, he, he wasn't involved as, as deeply in, into, the, into what happened there at full tilt as everyone believes. I mean, you know, we know he's a great player. He was very charismatic before. You know, someone that it was easy to root for, uh, but then this happened, and um, neither him nor Howard Letter have addressed it the way they should. It was, to me, it was kind of generic comments right. that they made once once they did make comments. Howard Letter hasn't come back that I know of. Have you heard of him playing? Uh, yeah, mean, he came back and played a few events at the World Series. Yeah, but, you know, nothing where you're hearing his name. Chris has been doing well at it. Uh, Remember they had that big run-in at the table with Danielle Anderson, uh, D, yeah. D Moon Girl was was very upset when she played against Letter and uh, basically gave him holy hell. Yeah, well, and you know the the they they kind of have to take this. They kind of have to I take this. I think they do. I think and, they really do. Yeah. You know, it's uh, their penance, so to speak, and uh, they're going to have to live with this and um, try to repair their reputation if they can. And uh, you know, there's no doubt that both of them are great. Poker players yeah. is, is evident here by Chris. Well, Chris Ferguson, I think, was always kind of a cocky, laid back, but kind of a cocky guy that really. But not a in a of... way that offended people. Really, I don't think so. He, at least, you know, I followed it a lot stronger back then, and he never came across to the point where I said, you know, this guy's an a-hole uh, playing yeah. out there, you know, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I just never got that feeling from either one of them. Letterer was a lot quieter, in my opinion. You know, yeah. uh, the, the professor, I think there was, was this is what they, yeah, they called them. Yeah. And, um, you know, I respected both of their styles of play. And I've mentioned many times on this show over the years how much I've learned from some of the stuff that Howard Letterer has put out there. Do you remember the stories about uh, Ferguson could slice a carrot in, in yeah, two with, with, a card, a, with a card, with a playing yeah. card, yeah. Yeah, supposedly he proved it. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he did fall behind, as I mentioned on the show last week, to Ryan Hughes, who took the lead briefly uh, in the beginning. Hughes had 21st place in the first event, uh, but Ferguson came back at a mid-cash in event two uh, for 70th place, 36th place in event three, uh, and then uh, Raisner and Mike Leah are, are battling as well in the top ten. So. 
Um, they are both right there. They both Ferguson and Hughes cashed in event four, and uh, they're finishing up the uh, the Colossus right now. So uh, how many we'll more give you events after the Colossus? Well, it, it's kind of hard to say because there's eleven altogether, and Colossus is number five, just finishing. But they've already finished a couple other ones after the Colossus. So maybe maybe uh, two or three other tournaments left after the Colossus. I mean, I. I don't know how much uh, Ferguson is ahead so far right now. Well, he's but it looks of, like if one of them about, wins a tournament, uh, about eighty points or something like so that. I, so you know, Hughes I, needs to get something big. Yeah, he needs to get a final table while Chris probably falls out of the money. Except or that Chris is at the final table right now at another event Ooh, with four players left. With four players yeah. left, that that doesn't bode well. Yeah, that's uh, he that looks pretty good to win well. this thing. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, the uh, high roller event is being played right now. We'll give you some uh, current results where the people stand. We'll give you some uh, results of the first few events. Also, the huge news, which we'll get into a little bit later, uh, is we have another state now that's going to have online poker. Uh, Pennsylvania, we talked about it a little bit last week. It had passed both the House and the Senate in Pennsylvania. Still needed to be signed by the governor. Well, he signed it on Monday. Yeah, well, we've spoken on this show how they were already counting on revenue from that for their budget. The budget kind of, uh, they kind of painted themselves in a corner, but uh, from what I heard, uh, they were going to change the budget if they had to. And uh, uh, earlier last week, uh, before we did the show, maybe about a, four or five days before we did the show, there was uh, some really bad feelings uh, of a lot of people that it was going to fall through. But it, it, it was straightened out. They passed it. Uh, the governor is all for it, and uh, I bet you a strong, a strong selling point there in Pennsylvania was how the numbers have been constantly going up, slowly but steadily in New Jersey, in New Jersey, and a, in a bordering state, you know, in yeah. a neighbor state of theirs, and they've got you know a lot more people in, in Pennsylvania. I mean, now it kind of really makes sense if Delaware, if all four of them, you know, even with Nevada being all the way out there, if they could, I think start, that will happen. You know, Kamingo uh, pools. Yep. Um, Great article by Steve Ruddock, and I, I'm in touch with uh, his agent and trying to get uh, him set up for, the, for a future show here in the next week or two. But Steve wrote a great article about New York being next and that there's no reason, as he said, 25 million reasons why exactly. New York uh, can go ahead and uh, get this done now. And then you know what happens? The, I, I believe the domino effect will start to happen because... California is going to look at this and go, you know, we're, we're being complete idiots here. You yeah. know, we, we can't get, we seem, can't seem to get our, our, our stuff together here, you know, when, when, when we have all these players, that, all these poker rooms in the state of California. Can you imagine how strong they would be? Yeah, what exactly. Kind of, what, you know, they, could, they could literally stand on their own, you know, and, and, and make unbelievable amount of money be, just because of the population they have there and the amount of poker players in that state. And I think if you get New York and California to fall, within four to five years, <clears throat> you're going to get the, the majority of the states yeah, it's starting to, to go in now. and then I to agree. go mingle their pools. It's starting to move now, that's for sure. Uh, you know, it's not only going to help uh, Pennsylvania, the state budget and all that, but it's really going to help the live poker market, too, as well. You know, there's such a re- good and, residual effect. And to be honest with you, Dave, you know, <laughs> as much as trouble as I've had dealing with the, with Tallahassee here in the state of Florida when I was at, at Miami High Lie as director, you know, it only makes sense for them to also go towards that. And I, and I think if you see, you know, New York, California, and then possibly Florida following suit shortly thereafter. There, there's no reason for them now not to do that. Right, exactly. 
Uh, well, uh, let's get to a couple of uh, results from the state of Florida first before we get to the World Series of Poker Europe. We'll cover some of those results and uh, other couple of things I want to talk about. There's a few choices to make. Uh, we'll find out some great article that I pulled out from the past from uh, Annie of Magazine uh, about uh, poker dealers, whether... Uh, you should be whining when you don't get tipped and, and that sort of thing out at the series and how things seem to go out there, which was kind of an interesting article. We'll go over for some of that. For the series? For the World Series yeah. of Poker? Yeah. He said a lot of times you expect a lot of tips and you're unhappily surprised when it doesn't happen and then other times uh, it comes out of nowhere. Also got a, a rules thing that I might want to go over. We we'll, may get to that tonight. But we'll definitely talk a little bit about Pennsylvania, and uh, we'll work on getting Steve Ruddick on and maybe talk a little bit more about it next week. But a couple of results. I went by the uh, aisle, which was finishing up the aisle open uh, championship, and that was uh, finished up. Al Gomez, our good friend, finished 16th. <laughs> made over made about sixty five hundred dollars. Yeah, well, you know, we, we've mentioned before, Al has turned himself into an, an excellent poker player. Yeah. He really has. He's been playing in a lot of the smaller tournaments. He's he's tried to reach some of the big ones. Um, I don't know. You know, he hasn't had the same success he's had in some of the local ones here. But you know, this is how you get it started. It's the next, it's the next step for him. I think yeah. he's really becoming a pretty good player. Uh, the winner was Paul Balzano. Uh, Paul is a local grinder here, had one other uh, aisle championship in, in, a, in a preliminary event uh, earlier uh, in his career, but uh, has never won the main event there, and uh, um, has done very well at these Hard Rock tournaments and had a couple final tables there. So uh, he's a guy really up and coming, and, and he defeated Michael Aaron, who's also had some good success at the World Series. Uh, he's from the West Palm Beach area, but uh, Balzano wins the tournament, and... Uh, uh, congratulations to him. It really uh, was a nice effort there. So uh, I got a chance to see it when it was heading down toward the final table. It wasn't quite finished yet when I was there, but uh, we certainly will uh, pass along our congratulations to him uh, for winning that aisle open. Uh, second was uh, Aaron uh, Balzano, by the way, won 112000 Uh there was 400 and I guess 440, I think, was the was, was the turnout. 404 was the turnout. Oh, the turnout. I'm yeah, sorry. the number of players. Uh, William Valadares from Costa Rica was third. Uh, Nancy Birnbaum, who's a really fine local player, finished in fifth place. And uh, Sam Panzica, who's been on just an unbelievable roll, uh, made another final table, but was one of the first ones knocked out. In fact, uh, Panzika and Edward Novak, who won the same event last year, that's pretty good. Yeah, to win a tournament, back come back, back the next year, make the final table again. But Novak went out in tenth, Panzika went out in ninth. So um, that left uh, some lesser-known players. Uh, I would say Nancy Birnbaum and Paul Bolzano are both pretty uh, well-known in this area. But uh, so they played it down and. Uh, the win went to Balzano, so congratulations to him, but another nice tournament over there at the Isle. Uh, the other tournament that I wanted to mention was the one uh, we were talking about when we were on the air last week, and that is uh, the uh, Jacksonville event, the best bet. Uh, they were down to three players, and I did want to give you the final on that one. Probably the least uh, known of the three, because uh, it was Panzika. Uh, and Darren Elias in the final three, and those were the two well-known players. And then you had Paul Petraglia, who was a pilot that uh, used to be uh, worked for a commercial airline and has more recently been a corporate pilot. And he defeated uh, 323 other players to win the uh, Best Bet Jacksonville Bounty Scramble. And uh, that's a WPT event. 
Uh, top prize, 315000 wow. for this one, the seventh year of this event. And, uh, uh, you know, congratulations to him, obviously. Panzeca won 210000 Elias was third, 135000 And uh, Alex Rocha was in ninth place, the other well-known player from the final uh, nine. He won 30000 um, if we get a chance, maybe we'll look at a couple of hands from that a little later on. But uh, Jacksonville has uh, become a great destination for poker up there. And, of course, they had uh, hurricane problems as well. But uh, uh, the best bet uh, room is a very good one, Deb Giardina, uh, running that room up there. Yeah, well, you know, they're number one every month down here because of their size yeah. and, and the revenue that they produce. And uh, they've done a great job. She's yeah, done, absolutely. She, she and her staff have done an unbelievable job up there, you know. Well, on the heels of that, uh, there's a uh, there was a problem at the dog track in town, which I do believe is owned by the same people. Uh, it's the one at Orange Park. There used to be three rooms in Jacksonville: right. St. And John's, they Orange Park, and uh, they com- they combined two of them, I believe. And then there's still the dog track there at Orange Park. But uh, some word came out that uh, uh, there's some problems in the racing industry up there, and uh, uh, there was. Uh, Word that came out that uh, the mayor of Orange Park, which is a suburb of Jacksonville, has asked for the state to pursue decoupling again because one trainer had 12 different dogs that tested positive for cocaine. Dogs? Uh, the dogs that they give the dogs to cocaine. And 18 uh, over the last four months uh, of positive tests uh, overall, but 12 to this one trainer. And because of that, uh, the... Uh, the state's, uh, or not, the, the Orange Park mayor came out and yeah. said, listen, well, we got to get rid of this he's stuff. Trying, yeah, he's trying to hang his hat on, on, you know, on one really bad apple there with this one trainer. I mean, I hate to say this, Dave, you know, especially since everyone who listens to our show knows that, you know, we, we grew up. We grew up with the High Lie, with the Paramutuals, right. and it's a damn shame because High Lie is, is unfortunately – not the sport that it was, you know, uh, a few years ago, and not the paramutual draw that it was years ago. Right. But, uh, you know, the state of Florida has fought very hard up, you know, up uh, up in Tallahassee to, you know, the, they're not the only ones to ask for decoupling. And to be honest with you, with as many years as this has been going on now with the casinos and the poker rooms and everything else, I'm I'm actually quite surprised that that it really hasn't had a stronger push and that we haven't had more politicians backing this up because that seems to be the norm in all the other states where they've had these racinos. Well, the story mentions that there's now 19 dog tracks in the United States still in existence. Twelve of them are in Florida, which was a little surprising. But uh, if they eliminate them, the whole industry has has gone down hugely. But the state of Florida, uh, in the fiscal year that ended this past June, uh, had gross revenues in the racing industry, the which I believe is... Uh, they're talking about the dogs, $717 million. That must be combined with the horses. But, uh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. Can you repeat that again? $717 million in gross revenues from racing. From racing. Yeah, that's got to include the horses. Uh, that, listen, with the numbers that I have been seeing for dog tracks, now, again, you know, the ones that are further up north are doing better because they don't have the draw that we have here, but... Mardi Gras, Magic City, these these people are barely doing numbers yeah, better no, than the right. high lies. Yeah, you're right. And we know how bad the high lies are. Yeah, that has so to include the, horse racing the, and the harness, of course, as well. But is there's $717 million still being brought in from racing, 
which is still but a pretty good amount. It but is. But that's down from last year, the previous year, $740 million. So okay. So it's, it's going down. So it's going down. And I guarantee you, if you break that down into brackets, the horse industry is probably producing because Gulfstream's got to be producing probably 40% of that. They've done so well. You know, ever since they took over with Calder, mm -hmm. their numbers have been, you know, very, very nice for the most part. I guarantee you, if you look at the horsing industry, compare it to, because those numbers probably have horse, horse racing, the dogs racing, and the few frontons that, that, that are right. probably producing, uh, you know, maybe a million dollars a year in handle, yeah. uh, two million at the most. You know, when you look at that, you, you start seeing that, Dog racing and and high lie are unfortunately a, a on their last legs. On are are on you know are are a dying breed. Yeah, they're dying they're, breed. They're, they're on they're on life support and <laughs> they're on life support and and, and somebody <laughs> is is hitting the light switch on them. Yeah. So they're not catching the rabbit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, according to the story, uh, since 2005, uh, racing revenues have dropped approximately 52 percent. While poker has gone up 5.8%. Yeah, and, and like I've said before, Dave, I mean, listen, Atlantic City Racetrack, you know, most, most, most paramutuals do not survive where there is a flourishing casino. Right. And when Atlantic City opened up, uh, Atlantic, uh, you know, the Atlantic City casinos, you know, the Atlantic City race, race course, you know, had been doing tremendous. And I remember they had all these old machines that had the, I don't know, you've, you've been in this longer than I have, where they had a handle that went to a number and they would punch the ticket out like that. <laughs> and they lasted maybe, their numbers just kept plummeting after the casinos, you know, once once you had six, seven, eight casinos over there, because uh, for people who don't know, Resorts was the number one casino there and the only one for almost two years before Caesars and then Bally's opened up. And then shortly within a year or two, you know, you had four or five more. Right. Once they got to six, seven, eight casinos, the, you know, the horse racing industry, the Atlantic City race, racing course, this, they eventually closed their doors. Right. The, you, paramutuals ca ca find it extremely difficult to survive where there's casinos. Well, I remember when there was a three-track circuit here in South Florida with uh, a Hollywood Greyhound track, uh, Flagler, and which is now Magic City, and uh, Hollywood, of course, is Mardi Gras. And then the one that's gone Bis is Biscayne. Biscayne I remember Biscayne. Off, uh, 95 and 103rd Street. I came within two dogs finishing in the wrong order of winning a quarter of a million dollars oh, there wow. on their, no their tri-super. No kidding. Yeah, I had all four dogs. I hit the tri, put my four-dog combo in the, in the, in the, in the super. And if, if, the ho if the dog that came in second had come in fourth and the one in fourth had come in second, I'd have picked up two hundred and fifty-eight thousand dollars that wow. night. Yes, yes. Do you remember that there actually was a dog track on the tip of South Beach? Uh, Miami no, Beach that was before my I moved here in twenty and twenty-eight. I think that's the license that Miami Highlight exactly. and Magic in, City kind of bought together yeah, or something. In nineteen eighty, they started summer season. Highlight. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of stuff has happened over the I last. I had no uh, clue. Thirty-seven years. I, Here's another one. I didn't know that Tropical Park had a race yeah, track. Yeah, they had a horse track. I, you know, I've been going to that park with my kids when they were young, and then I see the Tropical Meet at Calder, and I never understood what it meant. Then someone told me, no, there used to be a racetrack at Tropical yep, Park. Yep. So, you know, those are two two racing yeah. uh, things that, that went by. the. the and, and now Calder really uh, doesn't really have – it's not really called a race course. It's called a casino, but the race course is called Gulfstream Park West. 
Yeah, and I don't I don't remember how they did that because you know that I don't that they was don't the race. agreement to run the races and then uh, as a result uh, some bad planning called or lost their card room. Well, yeah, and but you know why? Because the rules for the casinos as to how many um, meets you have to run with the uh, slot machines is a lot less. They negotiated a lot less meets to keep their slot machines uh, available. So I guess they worked out something with Gulfstream where right. they're running them over there. But they cut the dates down so much, and I'm being, you know, if somebody just didn't pay attention right. in their accounting program and didn't realize that to keep your dog, I mean, your poker room license, you have to run the at least 50 percent, I believe, is the number from the year before, and they cut it to like 45 percent, and that's how they lost. And it. now on the back side of Tropical <coughs> Park, uh, down that uh, what used to be the uh, back side of the track, the back stretch with all the stables and everything is uh, the uh, big holiday extravaganza. What's it called there? Uh, where, what do you mean? At, oh, yeah. The, Park, uh, um, uh, Santa's, Santa's Enchanted Santa's Forest. Forest yes. I didn't even know that. That's, you know, I remember now that you mentioned that because I did, never put two and two together. But, yeah, they have all those uh, horse balance out right. over there. That's what it was for. Santa's Enchanted Forest. I can remember the stories of people that Highlight used to work there and, and people from all over the different paramutuals. But the the... The place was run so poorly uh, that they made so much money that they probably didn't even care. But how the people that went there to work uh, just stole money hand over fist. It was like that everywhere, Nothing was recorded. Did you know, because we even got notice, and as a matter of fact, Dania had put out a notice to their employees because you had to give 90 days notice. There was a big vote in the early 2000s. Because I didn't realize this, but this is how much money you're mentioning about how much money they made. Did you know that the state kept, I believe it was 10% of the total amount wagered? Forget about what they had to pay back, expenses. I mean, it was it was a ridiculous deal for the paramutuals. But since there was no competition, you know, they were paying like, uh, you know, loan shark rates to the state. But everybody was happy because everybody was making so much money. <laughs> Once the industry started to start going in the other direction... They had to ask the state to, to change all these things in the early 2000s. Yeah. And I remember knowing that I had a friend who worked at Dania telling me, I got a notice stating that if this law doesn't change, I'm out of a job in 90 days. Mm. And and we all had, I know I had that fear of, the, of us not being able to stay open, uh, the poker room at least. And I don't know how high I would have survived, but... Yeah. You know, they had to change that law as to how much they were taking from the paramutuals. It was ridiculous. Okay, well, that's enough uh, paramutual reminiscing for <laughs> us. Fun for us, but uh, not so fun for our poker fans out there. So let's get to uh, the uh, World Series of Poker Europe and online gaming now coming to Pennsylvania. We'll talk about all that stuff when we return on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. All right, class, let's hear what everyone did this weekend. Jill? Well, I raised my older sister to a big oak tree. It was at least a 100 years old. My mom said I must have set a record or something. And then we went down by a stream and perched up on this huge rock. 
and saw all of these little minnows swimming around way below us. And then I rescued my little brother from an evil slug king who was guarding him at the bush fortress. And my sister and I brought him back to our super twig for for safety. And then we all laid out and told stories until it got dark. And the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? Yeah. We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Anyone want to come this weekend? (laughs) Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week and find the fun, adventurous you. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad- I always wanted to be a fireman. A pilot. A teacher. But the rising cost of college was a big reality check. That's why I joined the National Guard. The Guard gives me money for college. So I can go to school full-time and fly part-time. My unit helps out after a natural disaster hits. So I get to help people just like I always wanted. There's no bigger rush than being a firefighter in the Guard. Than flying a Blackhawk. Than leading my squad. Thanks to the Guard, I'm becoming who I always wanted to be. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask us how much you'll receive towards your college expenses. Show, Big Dave and Joe, Poker Action Line. We'll talk a little uh, World Series of uh, Poker Europe. Uh, several of the uh, bracelets have been given out there. Uh, Phil Helmuth uh, made a pretty deep run in the tournament and was tweeting to people, I got a shot at my 15th. It <laughs> uh, seems like very shortly right after that he went out. But one of the big ones going on right now is the 25,000 uh, euro uh, high roller. Uh, a lot of big names there uh, among the chip leaders: Mike Leo with 1.2 million chips. Uh, Rainer Kempe uh, has uh, 1.15 million. Ryan Reese, uh, 665,000. Uh, Liv Bowie uh, over a million chips. Ryan Reese, uh, I just mentioned 700,000 now. Uh, Patrick Antonius playing in this one. Nick Petrangelo, John Reisner um, playing in a lot of events over there, doing pretty well. Uh, Dominic Nietzsche. And a uh, whole group of uh, pretty big-name players. Uh, Adrian Mateo, Sylvain Loosley, uh, Anthony Zeno is over there in Europe playing in this one. And uh, Pierre Neuville uh, playing in this one as well. So he's still, uh, the old guy's still hanging in there. Anyway, uh, we'll keep an eye on that and we'll get to some of the earlier events. Um, you heard anything about the King's Casino in Rosalfedov? Uh, in, of King's Casino over there? No, I have not. You know, and my my big concern with everything over there is still that story that you mentioned a few weeks yeah, ago about, the, uh, about the him owner. losing three million and only paying and a paying million it. and only paying a million of it to somebody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd, that, I'd be leery about way, gambling right? in somebody's yeah, exactly. casino. You know, we need a little bit more information as to why you paid a million out of a three million dollar debt. Uh, the chainsaw Alan Kessler had a second place finish in uh, his event, one of his events. I think it was PLO eight. And uh, I couldn't believe the backlash that I saw on Twitter when that happened, how excited and happy everybody was that he didn't win a bracelet. Dealers, other players, he's just, uh, you know, they said, it's not because we don't like him, although we don't. (laughs) But, you know, I've always always enjoyed talking to him. I think he has some interesting things to say. He is a complainer, there's no question about it, but he's an expert on uh, uh, tournament structures and things like that. And, uh, you know, he certainly has his place where he uh, is an asset to the poker community in some ways, I think. He is, but remember the people who were upset were on the other side of the table. No, true. You understand? And, um, you know, if you don't take into account how, you know, 
dealers and, and management and other people who are, you know, helping you to get to where you're going, um, you know, again, without knowing why they weren't happy, maybe it's because uh, whatever, he's bad-mouthed them, he's, he's criticized them, uh, you know, whatever the reason is, um, you know, sometimes it can get petty from, from when you're on the other side of that table. Right. And I've had to deal with both sides of it, you know, but... Um, I'd like to get a little more information as to why so many people were happy that he came in second and didn't win the tournament. <laughs> a lot of dealers that... Uh, have well, because I, I, I'm, I'm assuming, and again, I hate to assume, but I'm assuming he's critical of how they deal, of, uh, you know, when you get a constant complainer, Dave, at the table, even if it's not directed at you, it just, br- it just brings us a certain negativity to the table that is just so hard to deal with when you're a dealer. And, again, I'm not saying that's what he did. I'm just giving you some scenarios that may have occurred without without hearing it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. A couple tournaments still going on. Event 7 is the 1650 uh, PLO 8, uh, high, lower, better. Uh, four players left in that one. Uh, Eldert Sawyer is the chip leader with $1.2 million. Uh, and uh, Chris Ferguson currently in third place in that one, 580000 uh, so they are finishing and that tournament as well. Uh, the Colossus, uh, ten, ten uh, starting, flights. starting flights. and uh, Did they get to their guarantee? I believe they did. Uh, I don't have the exact number. They don't have the uh, number of entries listed, but I know there was something like, uh, I don't even want to guess now, but uh, maybe 4,000, something like that. And they guaranteed, 4, what, 2 it million? It was 2 million. Uh, so they euros. would have needed 4,000 at 500. Yeah, it was, it was well away. It was 450. Uh, okay, so they, 40, they, 40, they something got like it. That. They covered it. And I heard that the re entries uh, were over 750 out of that. Okay. So people entered more than once. All right. Yeah, at 500, we get that here. We got people who register for. What is it? Four sessions down here when when we do our when we do the Colossus here every right. year for the last yeah. two years. Yeah, twenty two thousand I think was uh, one year. Last right. year was only about nineteen thousand. Nineteen and you know, but still four days. That's five thousand and nineteen and change. It's almost five thousand a day. But I don't have a number for the total. But uh, they are currently down to the final two tables. Eighteen players left. Uh, I'd be hard pressed to uh, know who any of these guys are. Uh, Matus Scorepa is the chip leader. Florian Fuchs, second. Sebastian Lucina. I could name a bunch of players. <laughs> I look, look for where they're from. Czech Republic, Austria, Germany, well, Poland, Well known Bulgaria. in their homes. Well known in their homes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, where they're... The top five all from a different country in Europe. Uh, seven place players from Spain. There's a France. There's a couple France players, French players. Uh, one Israeli, Switzerland. But uh, and I think three from the Czech Republic. So it's pretty much a full European field left in that one, as you might expect. Uh, also, uh, let's give you a couple of early results. I mentioned last week, event one uh, was won by Alexander Sherbach. That was the big uh, monster stack tournament that started things off. 117 euros, 170,000 euros is what he won. Uh, Andreas Klatt won event number two, PLO. Um, he won 56K, and the winner of event three was Martin Cabrell, 53K. So a whole lot of players that we haven't heard of. Uh, John Raisner did finish sixth in that event three. Uh, can't give you anybody else that I've even heard of from event two, but uh, Ismail Bojang finished 
eighth in the uh, event one. But that continues to go on. Um, Raisner, um, Reese, um, Phil Helmuth, a lot of still big-name players are still there, so we'll keep an eye on that. The main event starts this Saturday. Yeah, and uh, if somebody's going to overtake Chris Ferguson, they're going to have to have a very deep run in that one. I want to get to the Pennsylvania thing, but let's take another break quickly on the show here, and we'll come back and talk about that for a little bit. Pennsylvania, still going to be a while. Let's talk about it. We'll talk about the, uh, you know, the, the time frame of when that's going to actually happen, where you can actually play, where they think they'll draw players from, and that sort of thing. We'll get to that when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Of course, you can always get us on uh, SoundCloud is a great place to pick up the show. We're on the Hold of Radio Network. Uh, also, you can pick us up on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, our website at Poker Action Line. A lot of places you can get the show. Maybe one of the best places is iTunes to just go ahead and search Poker Action Line, and you can subscribe to the program, and that way it will download uh, the latest uh, version of the show every time you open iTunes. So uh, all that uh, are places you can find the show. Uh, working on getting lining up some guests, Steve Ruddick and uh, a couple other people I'm working on. Next week we're going to have uh, a fellow from Jackpot Blitz, a brand new game, electronic game, when uh, we'll talk to him about whether uh, his invention is going to make poker dealers obsolete. Uh, we know it has been tried in the past and didn't work all that well. This is a new angle on it. We'll give him a chance to uh, voice his opinion on uh, why his product is necessary. I'm not sure in my mind that it is, but we will certainly uh, get some thoughts from him and, and see where, this is where next the spot week. is. This, he'll be on next week on the show. Excellent. Okay, so we'll work on some of those things for you. We'll be back with more of tonight's show when we return. This is Poker Action Live. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. 
featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe, uh, with another edition of Poker Action Line. And event uh, uh, number four at the World Series Europe, uh, Theodore McQuilkin was the winner of that one. And uh, I want to check and see which tournament this was that uh, Alan uh, Chainsaw Kessler finished in second. It was uh, PLO, uh, 2200 PLO by Ann Lucas. Uh, Zaskodny was the winner. Kessler finished second. Uh, again, not that many players I've heard of. Dario Aliotto was uh, also at the final table. So, um, again, uh, it seems to be a little more excitement about this since there's no November 9, that, but uh certainly doesn't compare at all with uh, the summer. No, <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, I told you we'd, we'd, be, we'd be Jones and Ford now. Imagine at this time we would have been talking about the – you know the main event winner that we would be talking about next week, on next week's show if, if they had followed through with uh, with what they've been doing. So I don't know. Ho- hopefully they'll they'll go back to the November nine. I hated it when they when they brought it in. Now I hate that they took it away. Well, one thing I did want to mention. Uh, I get these emails uh, from uh, the PokerAcademy.com, which is Rep Porter's. Uh, Yes, I website, still get them teaching myself website. Also. Uh, good guy, and uh, we haven't had him on in quite some time. But they have a brand new course coming out—a No Limit Hold'em Cash course that comes out in four separate courses. Uh, the first one: Concepts of No Limit Cash, then the Fundamentals, the Tactics in Capped Buy-in No Limit, and Strategies for Uncapped Buy-in. So um, they have lots of uh, different discussions about different things. That first, the Concepts of No Limit Cash, is going to be available now. Uh, three and four will not be available until after the first of the year, but you can uh, buy in some of that stuff now. The first uh, set is uh, pretty reasonable. Eighty-nine ninety-nine uh, is the price for that first course. The concepts of no limit cash, which will cover uh, pre-flop and post-flop uh, concepts, also uh, into some pretty basic things on uh, how we think and talk about no limit. So, uh, if you're a beginning player, you need a little instruction. Check it out. Uh, you can go to his site at uh, pokeracademy.com. is a great great place, and we'll get him back on the show. Thepokeracademy.com is the uh, website, and all, all that stuff is available. Uh, the content will be available on the site starting November 15th, but you can uh, purchase for the special price between now and November 14th. So, uh, Rep Porter, a uh, very interesting teacher and a good guy. So, and a uh, very good player when he's already a multi-bracelet multi, multi uh, bracelet winner. So. Yes, for sure. So, uh, certainly want to learn from the best, I, I would say. Um, we mentioned the stuff about Chris Ferguson, but uh, Pennsylvania is where we want to get to next and talk about what the path forward is for online poker. Uh, it passed uh, last week in the uh, House, first the Senate, then the House, and uh, by pretty good margins. And uh, I don't know if they had enough for a uh, veto override if there was one, but the governor, Tom Wolf, uh, was, was very much uh, for it. And uh, 
that it was finished up uh, on Monday. So, like, like we said a few a few months ago, when when they started, uh, you know, counting the revenue, the anticipated revenue from from online gambling, from poker and online casinos into their state budget, it's usually a good sign. Yeah, exactly. And we had talked about this is on the heels of uh, Nevada signing the agreement uh, with uh, New Jersey. And Delaware uh, to get that done. Now that still is still to be implemented. We haven't gotten a final date, but uh, to mix pools uh, between the three states that are uh, legal now for online poker. So that's a huge thing to start off with. And then uh, on the backs of that, we get uh, the state going here and uh, moving forward. But um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I've been reading a lot about it, and uh, uh, there's a huge tax, 54% on the on the uh, casino games, the table games. Okay. Uh, poker is only 16%, uh, pretty reasonable. So um, people think that they're going to have to loosen that up if the whole thing is going to really take off. But um, it's more in line with what the tax is on uh, brick-and-mortar casinos, uh, over 50%, one of the highest in the nation in Pennsylvania. Yeah, which we used to be at 50% here. And you know there there was right <laughs> you know we, we, Dania was sold by uh, the the what's the uh, Boyd Boyd Gaming because they right. didn't think they could overcome that fifty percent uh, tax so um, you know sixteen percent in poker you can live with that you can live with that the state of Florida is at ten percent which is very reasonable um, yeah they they're going to have to work on that you know fifty four percent online may not be as bad as you think because obviously you don't have the uh the overhead that you do in brick and mortar but uh listen as far as poker players are concerned it's in there they can work out the uh the details later uh you and I mentioned before the start of the show it'd be real nice if New York and California you know come on in and hopefully the state of Florida we just need a few of those other big states to fall, and, and I think the rest of the dominoes are all going to come down there. Right, exactly. Uh, DFS was also covered, uh, the Daily Fantasy Sports, and uh, will be also be uh, legalized under this bill. Online poker, slots, table games, and DFS, and also sports betting if that ban, the PASPA ban, uh, which is uh, going before the Supreme Court the first week of December, uh, if that is lifted, as a lot of people expect it will be, uh, they'll have sports betting there, too. And also, uh, you know, tablet gaming in certain uh, areas of the airports, online lottery sales, video gaming terminals, it's truck stops, and several other things are going to be a big part of this. So an all-encompassing bill. It's going to raise a lot of money for the state. And uh, certainly the state is getting their cut at uh, 54% of the casino They sure games. are. They sure are. So we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, the PPA, uh, Poker Players Alliance, uh, John Pappas and, uh, be and all the guys there are, are just ecstatic. ecstatic. No exactly. Like I said, as poker players, we don't care what the tax is. We just want the game to come in and let them work out the details down the road. Some uh, some of the things in the bill, uh, the licensing. Uh, operators can buy separate licenses for $4 million apiece. The existing uh, Pennsylvania casino operators can purchase all three licenses for $10 million if they do so within 90 days of availability. Uh, after 120 days, uh, operators can come, on, come in from outside the state. So uh, they've kind of built that in to benefit their, uh, their brick-and-mortar casinos there. Uh, so they can get a head start on the competition. Yeah, absolutely. Which uh, is a good idea because if you can get your product out there first and people get used to it, 
you're going to hold on to them. And I, I, I realize that PPA has about uh, 1.2 million uh, members overall, 25,000 of those in Pennsylvania. They worked really hard to uh, send in their uh, pleas with uh, the government officials, and, and it really did some good. We worked very hard, and uh, we invite you to uh, check out some of that stuff. Uh, but also... Um, the, the big article that I want to talk to Steve Ruddick about is his uh, mention that uh, there's 25 million reasons now for New York uh, to get this done. And uh, the, the good thing for them is uh, they did have it pass their Senate uh, twice, 2016 and 2017, but they never got it to even a vote on the assembly floor. So uh, they ran out of time there, but uh, the good thing is is that when they come back in January, there's a carryover uh, uh, policy in order to uh, pick things up where it left so off. So then the Senate vote will still count. Exactly. And then they just got to get the House on board. Right. They got to get the Assembly, which is called the Assembly in, in the state of New York. Uh, Gary Pretlow is the Assemblyman that's uh, kind of up and down as far as uh, leading the charge here. Uh, he believes something is going to happen here in 2018. He's been hot and cold on it, but... Uh, he didn't feel like the Pennsylvania thing had anything to do with them, but that's crazy because um, they're going to lose business uh, from some of their brick-and-mortar casinos from people that will drive over to Pennsylvania and, and play online poker. Exactly, you know, and if, if they can if they can have the option of both of them, why not? Right, exactly. So, um, you know, they're working on uh, even talking about now the multi-state uh, internet uh, gaming association. Uh, which was created by Nevada and Delaware, trying to get involved in joining that. So that will be the next thing, as you mentioned. And uh, with New York, if New York should come in, that would that would give them a player pool of 45 million players between sure, all those that's, states. That's a, great, that's a great start. Like I said, after you see that, you think the people in California are going to start smacking some heads and saying, hey, listen, we need to get this this thing together. Yeah, absolutely. So the only problem that people are saying is that the uh, the tax is too high on the online, and uh, that's the first thing they'll work about. But uh, uh, 54% is is a lot, and slots is, is really where the money's at. So that's where uh, poker will suffer if uh, the whole product uh, is overtaxed. Well, I don't know because you said the tax for the poker poker is only 16 16%. 16%. So I don't see yeah. poker suffering. The problem is. Will poker generate enough revenue for these other for these you know companies uh, to uh, compensate for the high tax on slots and other and other electronic table games that they'll have? Right. You know. So, but I'm sure that's something that can be worked out once they start seeing the numbers and what they can produce with these. You know, I'm sure they can they can work with the state to lower those numbers. Well, the ten casinos that uh, are interested uh, in paying the ten million dollars a piece for the triple license, uh, that would raise a hundred million dollars right there. And then there's uh, uh, the remaining licenses, uh, two in each category, that can come there. Um, as far as uh, market conditions, uh, you know, there's going to be more and more competition. So you know, whatever you predict, you never really know. But uh, um, they're going to have the obviously the state's going to have a huge uh, cut of revenue because of the high tax rate, and the only problem would be if that backfires and and uh, they don't sell out the licenses. Yeah, well, they're going to find out real soon. Because of course, they can always correct they're, they're, it. Yeah, exactly. They can they can make the changes, and the industry may force them to make those changes. 
you know, they they I don't know how much of their state budget was uh, you know, was allowed it through through what they thought they would be earning on these on these uh online stuff, but if if they see that the companies aren't buying into it and not buying the licenses and they're not going to generate the income that they're expecting, they can make changes to try to draw more people in and and I have I have a feeling that's exactly what will happen. In uh, in the coming future, yeah, and then of course there's the others that we talked about: uh, Michigan, uh, Illinois, uh, Florida, uh, you know, some some other uh, so- southern states that are talking about. Of course, California is is the big uh, six yeah. hundred pound elephant in the room. Uh, that's it, <laughs> gorilla in the room, whatever. <laughs> but uh, kind of exciting that uh, they have they do have it passed and and. Uh, Got it done. I mean, uh, we said for a long time that they would have to get it done because of uh, their budget uh, discussions. Yeah, and they really allocated money there. from something that hasn't passed in their in their in their uh, you know in their Senate or House, and uh, they had already allocated funds towards the state budget on that. So right now, it's not going to happen immediately. Uh, we look at some of the other places. There's first a 90-day period for the Gaming Control Board to accept their licenses. That's the first step. Uh, then they will uh, move on and uh, have, work out the taxation issue. Uh, they do have that set. Um, and, uh, you know, you look at some of the other states, how long it took. It, it was a while before they got things done. And uh, it won't happen immediately. You just have to be patient. Uh, but, again, we talk about uh, the old cooling off period that we had before. Get, if they get it set up by the summer, that would be great. You know that would be great. Even if even if it takes a year, even if they're ready by the end of 2018, it'll still be great. Yeah, I, I think that's what. And hopefully it'll at. be sooner. You know they'll see what the other states did and why it took them so damn long to get you know up and running. And uh, hopefully they'll learn from from them and uh, you know cut that time in half. They said it's probably nine months to a year before uh, they get going. There you go. Okay, let's take our final break on the show. We come back, we'll, we'll toss in a couple of things and uh, finish things up, uh, look at some of the current uh, situations overseas and uh, in other tournaments there. So we'll do that when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll be back to finish things up when we return after this. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, The prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, 
You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. segment of the program big dave and joe and another edition of poker action line plo8 uh down to still four players they're taking a break now uh on that one uh over there it's what six hours ahead i guess something like that so uh um they're pushing 10 30 at night i guess uh something like that over there uh even later than that 10 30 at no, they're like be, midnight well, they're pushing they're pushing like two in the morning yeah uh, also, time, right? yeah, I'm looking at Pacific time here. So here, 7:30, we're talking about uh, something like one in the morning or so. So they probably don't have too much to go. Yeah, anyway, so I can't read that. It's, it's almost <laughs> eight o'clock now, so okay. we're looking at two in the anyway, morning. Anyway, four players left. Uh, Chris Ferguson just took a nice hand uh, and is up to almost a million chips. So he's moved into second place, passing Stanislav Wright, uh, Eldert Soer, still the chip leader. But Chris is right there, and not only threatening to uh, have a big score and win player of the year, but threatening to win a bracelet over there. So uh, that would be pretty wild. Uh, One other story I wanted to talk about as we finish up here. Uh, This is kind of a situation that that took place in uh, Barcelona at the Poker Stars Championship. Uh, It was a river bet against uh, Luigi Shahada. And Patrick Leonard, uh, they were a little bit of table talk, and he finally said, you got it. But he didn't muck his cards. In fact, uh, he didn't even touch his cards as he kind of stared them down. And uh, Shahada was smart enough to, um, you know, not uh, fall for the trick, really, which is what an angle shot. And, uh, and paused until Leonard finally did, in fact, muck the cards. So here's the situation. Is it an angle shoot or isn't it? Uh, you know, obviously the, uh, the situation is to protect your cards at all time and very important. But he didn't say, I fold. And because he didn't, you got it. What does that mean? Well, what me, is your ruling there? A, a, if my dealer says he's been thinking about this and looks you in the eye and says, you got it, okay, I am taking the spirit of the, of the, of the rule and saying, you have verbally declared that you're giving up this hand to your opponent. And then they can scream and argue all they want because that's exactly what will happen, especially if the opponent turns his cards over and he had it beat. Or, or if he's looking to say, oh, that card, that hand should be dead, I don't care. As a manager, I don't know what the ruling, I mean, I, like you said, the man eventually folded his hand because the other player was smart enough not to reveal his hand or give any, any information away by making any comment. But my comment would have been as the opponent, I would have said, okay, so then he folds. So throw your cards away. Now, that could have been a good shot from you because now you're saying, well, maybe this guy's weak, and now I'm going to say, no, I'm going to call. You, you, you could play it both ways. But this guy kept quiet, the one who won the hand, and as a, as a poker room manager, I would, have, I would have declared the other person's hand dead, and I would have awarded the pot to the person who eventually did get it anyway. What if Shahada actually did throw his cards in the muck after? I still would have said. awarded him the hand. 
I still would have awarded Leonard him to him. Could possibly as a turn his uh, he could say, well, no, well, say I'm the only one with I'm cards. A, I, verbal, I, I would have used it as a verbal uh, commitment. You know, you verbally committed to folding your hand, and if the rule states that uh, once you've folded, the other opponent doesn't have to show his cards, he mucked his hand. No, I'm still award. As a manager, I would have awarded that pot to that person uh, based on what, what you just said right now. Was there was there any controversy from anybody, or just people are spitballing this to see how they would have reacted to it and what decision they would have made? Well, I know that Negranu uh, saw what happened and actually put his poll on Twitter, and there was over 4,500 people actually voted on it. Uh, 76% agreed that this was shooting an angle. Yeah. Um, the the line here, they they went and checked with Matt Savage. And his thoughts, he said, uh, official betting terms are simple, unmistakable, time-honored declarations like bet, raise, call, fold, check, all in. Uh, and if Leonard says fold, the hand is over, whether he has cards or not. Uh, similarly, if he mucks the hand irretrievably, the hand is also over. But neither of these things happened, and that can open the door to a floor person's nightmare. So not an easy decision, really. Uh, you kind of I, I, sure I, on how I you take, would do it. I take it in the spirit of, of, of you know, the person declaring that he had folded and I don't the last thing I want in a poker room as a manager is anybody taking shots and and ha- getting my room getting a reputation that we allow people who take shots you know that are angle shooters to get away with it that's the quickest way in my opinion to start getting to, to, to start the downfall of your room uh, they asked Leonard later about uh, you know what he said and, and, and why he said it he said uh, I regret the choice of words saying you got it uh, it does kind of mean that you're going to fold. It's just a word and a phrase you shouldn't use, and I won't use it in the future. There you go. So even the person who said it looked at it that same way. Now, if he if he had worded that like, I think you're going to get it. I think you've got it. Now, now, now you now you now you've you've painted a little different a little different scenario. I think you've got it, meaning I'm thinking of folding. But when you say you got it. To me, that sounds like you have just declared your hand right. dead. Right. You know, you have just folded. Why not folded. say I fold? Well, or, well uh, but that's because you've got angle shooters out there. Yeah. Okay, now whether this gentleman was trying to for an angle shoot or if he regrettably used the wrong words, if he's been playing this game long enough, my guess is he either made a comment that he wished he was trying to think in his head, this guy's got it, you know, and just came out with it. Or he was angle shooting because he's if he's played this game long enough, you know you don't say that. You just say fold. Well, I know as a floor person, you come up, you haven't seen the hand, you know, you got to get everybody to shut up so that the dealer can explain what he saw, and then you might go to both players and get a, a version from them, and you have to quickly kind of make a decision right there at the table, mm-hmm. don't you? Dave, uh, the way that I would, the way that floor people should do this decision is, you walk up if there's an argument. Oh, this guy folded, and someone say, no, he didn't fold. He just said, I shut everybody up and asked the dealer first. And I go, what happened? Then my dealer would explain to me, hopefully, correctly, because that's not always been the case, what the scenario was that uh, this gentleman was thinking, and he verbally said, you, you know, you've got it. And I would ask that man, did, you, did those words come out of your mouth? As soon as he tells me yes, I would have said, that's a verbal declaration that you're folding. Right. Because you're awarding the hand to the the other player, and at that point I walk away from the table. I know I'm going to make some people happy and other people upset, but I'm looking at this uh, that 
whether you intentionally tried to take an angle shot or, or unintentionally it turned, looks that way, I'm just taking you at the words that you have now declared to me that you said, that you said, oh, you got it. And to me, you got it means you fold. By the way, there are some uh, coverages of this live streams if you are interested in the uh, World Series of Poker Europe. Uh, 17 players left in the Colossus, 57 players left in the High Roller. So uh, uh, they're adding up all the chip counts, and uh, they have a redraw for the final two tables. Uh, actually, I've already had that when they got down to 18. But, uh, uh, again, I looked down this entire list, and there's not one player that I've heard of before. So rather than read you a bunch of names, uh, <laughs> we'll just tell you that uh, we're going to have a European champion probably. <laughs> Anyway, that's going to do it for tonight's show. We appreciate uh, you joining us tonight. We'll keep an eye on some of these results. Of course, the main event is the big one over there. And we'll keep an eye on what's happening with Chris Ferguson as he uh, tries to nail down the Player of the Year honors uh, against Ryan Hughes. And John Raisner basically is his main competition over there. So we'll keep a look at some of those things. Um, stuff going on here in town. Uh, the Isle Casino finished up their event. The next one over at the Hard Rock is the Rock and Roll Poker Open. Uh, next week we'll talk about changing gears in poker. Uh, pretty interesting it's good article for by beginners. It's a very yeah. good article for beginners. Some of the experienced like players me. already know. You know, <laughs> Ashley. Uh, you know, Ashley uh, Adams. Uh, Adams. Sorry. You know, hits some of the points that I've always. You know, the stuff that people who have played this for a while. You either learn it. Uh, the, you either learn it through reading these articles, and then hopefully. Uh, well, the interesting you know, thing he actually integrated into your game, or you learn the hard way by getting your ass handed to you. Yeah, well, he actually covers uh, some things you can do to change the gears. Uh, he compares it to bicycles, obviously, and uh, that's pretty well. He's trying. He's trying to come up with uh, you know a, an analogy that you could kind of relate right, to. Right. Exactly. But uh, you know, hopefully next week, if we get to this uh, with uh, after our guest or before our guest comes on next week is I'd like to address some of these things because I've had to go through this. Yeah. And anybody who's played poker for any amount of time, at one point or another, you have to learn how to do this. And, uh, you know, I've read his article, and I'd like to make my comments on that next week. Uh, we do have scheduled uh, CEO of uh, Jackpot Blitz is the new game, and we'll uh, talk about some of that next week. We'll give you all the information. Uh, on that uh, as we head to next week's show. So uh, find out. Should be interesting. Anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, Gio, thank you for all your work as usual as on always. the show. And uh, Joe as well. And we'll be back with another edition of the show next week. It's Poker Action Line. Pick it up uh, on SoundCloud or on uh, iTunes or on uh, the Hold'em Radio Network. Check it out there as well. We hope you'll join us next week for another edition of the program. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.